We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we meet, the Yagara and Turbal people of the Mianjin Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Marvels. I'm Lisa and my partner in crime is Dana. Hi everyone! And we are re-watching some of our favourite pop culture paragons from the MCU and beyond through a queer feminist lens. There is no denying that superheroes influence and inspire people from all communities, so we want to explore what that representation is, if any, that's available to our viewers from outside a straight male lens. Who better to explore this than your favourite discourse dykes? That's us. That's us indeed. But you can call us the Marvels. If you're not yeah. a lesbian, you're not allowed to say dykes. That's super valid, actually. <laughs> Maybe we should have thought about that. No. <laughs> call us the Marvels. Yeah, we're the Marvels. The Marvels or the Marvels? Marvels. I always say yeah, Marvel. <laughs> I just can't talk today, which is perfect <laughs> to introduce a podcast. <laughs> I have one out of three episodes so far where I think I've said that intro perfectly. It's beautiful. I'm going to get better. I've got room to improve. (laughs) So what are we looking at today? Uh, Today we are watching our first non-MCU movie. We're watching Hulk 2003. 2003 Hulk. um, (laughs) Directed by Ang Lee, written by John Terman, Michael France and James Seamus. Starring Eric Banner and Jennifer Connelly and music by Danny Elfman. Ah, the king. The king returns. I love Danny Elfman. He's so campy in all of his composing. He was very Danny Elfman. Yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) Um, I also want to content warn for this episode. I will put these content warnings also in the description, but uh, we're going to be discussing intimate partner violence and violence against women. So that's a great start to a a movie. (laughs) This is going to be such a feminist movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just from that alone, you can tell. Oh, yeah. No. Um, Okay. Uh, Do you remember the plot of the movie? Okay. No, I, I talked to you about this before we started recording. I have watched this movie like four times now. I tried to watch so closely this time and my brain is just like a couple hours later. I don't know what the fuck's happened. I'm just blacked out. I've just ejected it from my memory, but it's so irreverent. So you are going to have to help me, my friend, with this plot. Okay. I did write a plot summary. I wrote down all the plot points in the document, but they're all um, every plot point that happens. So we have to, like, you know, shorten it. We'll do this as best we can. Okay, we'll try. We'll try and make this as as painless as possible. Okay, so it starts off with this science montage of Dr. David Banner attempting to replicate the regenerative regenerative healing powers of starfish to create super soldiers. And like most scientists in films, his shit is shot down before it can even make a start. So he is choosing to experiment on himself. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to his wife talking about becoming a mother. And mm. then uh, when ba- uh, Bruce is born, he realizes he's passed on the experiment. Um, and there are some scenes with little Bruce and his mother where he has some like green stuff on his skin, which was very strange and not at all like. <laughs> we call that ham fisted foreshadowing. <laughs> 
<laughs> it doesn't even make sense in the context of the movie. There's also this scene, this is where the intimate partner violence comes in. There's mm. also a scene where, um, oh, David, David, like, he sets off the uh, some sort of explosion at the lab that he's working at, and then he drives home. This is what I'm... It wasn't entirely clear, so this is this yes. is my interpretation of it. He sets yep. off an explosion at the lab, and mm-hmm. then he comes home. And because the siren is going off, they they live in this small um, army town, army base town in the middle of nowhere. And so the siren goes off in the town, and then Bruce and his mother. Um, his mother's name is. I think I had to Edith? look it up. I think it's. Edith or Eleanor or something? Edith. Edith. Yeah. And so Edith, um, they never actually say her name in the film. No, and I Edith, think I only know her name from the comic books. <laughs> I think I looked it up. Yeah. Um, and Edith grabs Bruce and puts him under the table and then David comes back in and picks up, like pulls Edith towards the bedroom and then they have a fight and Bruce is like, um, like listening to the, his parents physically abuse, well, his dad physically abused his mother. Yep. Um, mm. And then the next scene is Bruce going at 18, going off to college, and he's yep. talking to his foster mom or his adoptive mom. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to him as an adult doing experiments in his lab with Betty Ross. Yes. Um, and Betty gets offered a job at another company. There's yeah. a shady guy working as a janitor. Um, and... Shady yeah. guy ends up being his dad, correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. It's, it's David. Yeah, surprise. One of, one of, uh, Bruce's friends, Harper, gets trapped in the lab and Bruce saves him by absorbing gamma rays. It's like a, some sort of explosion kind of thing in the lab and he absorbs the gamma rays by, mm-hmm. um, by standing in front of them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I will shield you just with... My flesh and flesh alone. And so because of the gamma radiation, he becomes the Hulk. And then David reveals that he's Bruce's father. Yeah. And then there's some foreshadowing to him becoming a Hulk when David's like, we have to watch that temper of yours. And like he has in no way shown anything but like the calmest person ever. Um, I think uh, after this, uh, Bruce and Betty talk, don't they? And they're having a heart to heart. And um, Betty tries to get out and talk a little bit about her relationship with her dad, which is interesting because I think um, the whole general and general's daughter relationship has always been a big part of Betty's storyline. And this movie, like, it's like she's just about to open up and talk about it and then, no, it's back back on Bruce. It's back on Bruce. Yeah. And we'll definitely talk about that. So she has lunch with her father where he wants to talk about Bruce and Betty brings up, like, she wants to talk about her and her father's relationship, but um, General Ross only wants to talk about Bruce. Yes, that's, yeah, that's it. And, um, yeah, that's showing the obsession of the general over the Hulk rather than being invested in his daughter. And, yes. Because um, General Ross knew... Uh, David Banner and knew the experiments. He was the one that put David away for killing his wife. So much convoluted shit in this movie that tries to link everyone together. Anyways. (laughs) And then, anyway, Bruce transforms into the Hulk and destroys the lab. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Um, We know that he just smashes through everything, um, causes big problems. 
and runs away. When he, he wakes up the next morning, he's in bed, Betty's there, she wakes him up, and then General Ross arrives and arrests Bruce for being a threat to national security. And that was only 49 minutes into the movie, and I was like, oh, shit. can I just exit stage left, please, rather than watch the rest of it? It feels like everything is happening, but nothing is happening at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just, nothing happened and everything happened at the same time. My brain just, like, has fuzzed it from, it's just like, you don't need this. Just eject. Like, Ang Lee <laughs> might have peaked with, um, with Brokeback Mountain, but he sure took his time getting there. I did not, okay, I'm making some connections here. Oh, man, okay. Well, you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelette <laughs> um so essentially there's just still all this dad conflict um the dad conflict revolves around mostly um david trying to i guess get access to his son to continue or see the effects of his experiments and he's mad that like he doesn't have any of that and the other dad conflict is of course general ross trying to um track down hulk and contain him and that he's a threat to security, etc. Um, and I guess he's using his daughter, or trying to use his daughter poorly, to get to Hulk, to get him vulnerable in that position. Yeah. Because there's a scene where um, General Ross comes in and, like, shoots Bruce full of tranquilizers, and Betty's like, it'll only hurt for a second, you'll be okay. And so she's in on it as well. Yeah. And then it's it's just like, the things that happen happen really weirdly, mm-hmm. and they don't make a lot of sense, and they're shown, like, they're shot really strangely, so it doesn't, it's not clear what actually happens. Exactly. I think, how, how do we get to the big fight at the end, the Act 3? Um... Uh, the guy who offers Betty a job, Evan. Evan. It's it's so hard to even concentrate on this movie. This movie is just Glenn. His name's Glenn. Glenn. Okay. So, um, Glenn. So Bruce gets taken to this facility where he's under observation, and then he, uh, Glenn comes in and provokes him, and then while he's trying to extract Bruce's DNA. Um, Bruce transforms into the Hulk and, you know, rampages around and it's it's like a half-hour fucking fight scene at the end oh, where they're God. just shooting him, at, like, full of bullets and he's not dying because, you know, he's, he's the Hulk. he can't die. Yeah. He's the Hulk. And it just goes on and on forever. But they finally, he goes to San Francisco where Betty is and then she calms him down. They capture him. They take him to this place where they where he's going to be executed. Oh, Jesus. And <laughs> his dad turns up. And his dad had shot himself full of gamma radiation as well so yeah. that he could have powers. And then um, at the ex- oh, just before the execution, um, actually, I don't even think they show it. Because what happens is um, he's there waiting to be executed, which I thought was um, very, like, hardcore. Um, mm. And then David turns up and is like, you know, you need, you like, I don't even know what he says. He's like, I have powers too. And he uh, bites into an electrical cable and oh, shuts down the power to the entirety of San Francisco. Okay. And yeah. then 
he starts transforming into different objects and like yes. different materials and stuff. And then they have this big fight scene. Oh, he's the big water man, yeah. He's the water man. And they're like, they, <laughs> so Bruce is in the water and then David turns into water and yep. then he grabs Bruce and starts trying to like, um, suffer, like, would drown, drown him. Drown him, yeah. And, Bruce, like, grabs a hold of him and is fighting him, but he's made of water. It's really weird. Yeah, it's it's stupid. I hate this whole movie. (laughs) It's just, like, we can see why they felt like they had to completely close the book on this and mind white people, men in black style, (laughs) with a new one very, very quickly (laughs) in the MCU. It was, like, five years later. Oh, Jesus, I know. And... Okay, uh, it is a it is a movie again. Like when we started with Iron Man, I think this is going to be hard to talk about because there's nothing, there's like nothing in it that's very good feminism or very queer. But we can talk about the bad portrayals and just yeah, this movie makes a lot of choices and none of them are good. I know, um, I know, and as sad as it is. Yeah, let's, I guess, smash into it. Yeah, so let's start with um, the first woman, David's wife. 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 <laughs> David's wife, yeah. Wife. Edith. Edith. This one's a lot. This is big yikes. Hey. Um, this is terrible, She's actually, mostly nameless. Um, yeah, she doesn't get named in the film. And and Bruce makes the comment as well that he didn't even know his mother's name. And <laughs> I think I loved your notes on this where you're like, same. <laughs> because... It's just hidden somewhere in a credit, and um, it's very much speaks to that traditional, like one of three roles that women's allowed to play, and one is the mother, and which is the first thing that she says. She's like, "David, I'm going to have a baby," and then it's just assumed that we like care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that elevates her to being the reason why it's so sad that she's not around is because she's the mom. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she is beaten and killed by her husband is very oh it's very upsetting. It's very upsetting because you actually see him stab her yeah. with a knife. And like they have that fight in the bedroom when Bruce is under the table and then what happens is maybe I shouldn't go into it. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. No, um, sadly this is an element that it actually keeps consistent with the comics. Uh I know that um, Hulk traditionally, especially in Bruce, is a manifestation of one particular trait. And for Bruce, it's it's a trait that whoever the person who Hulks out has, like, trouble keeping under control. For Bruce, it's anger because he spent so much of his life suppressing and not dealing with anger because he witnessed domestic violence in his family. And his father has always been consistently abusive in comics and etc., so Bruce has always grown to fear his anger in himself because, of course, you're a reflection of your parents. And, um, yeah, so when he hulks, that's why he goes fucking absolutely ape. When, um, meanwhile, if you think of, like, She-Hulk, they say that her biggest thing is anxiety. So instead she becomes this bombacious, super confident, like, powerful figure when she hulks out. And that's why she maintains her control because she's not just a, a rage machine. That's interesting that they would make give her control, considering how men think of women as out of control and full of emotion. Yeah, because it's not her anger that she's suppressed her entire life. It's her confidence, I guess. Whereas with Bruce, it's his anger he's suppressed. Because he's afraid of being like his father. 
Have they talked about who's going to play She-Hulk? Are they no, making a She-Hulk film? They or are, they're TV making series? a, I think, a TV series on Disney Plus in a couple of years, and it's I'm big nervous energy about who they're going to get to play. I hope it's Rutina Wesley. I just don't want them to do the thing where they cast someone who's like because they keep doing it like with like Wonder Woman with everyone else. It's always like the skinniest person ever playing these big muscly people. And I'm like, just equality, please. <laughs> I want to be convinced that she could strangle me with her legs. Like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> this is just my very specific. <laughs> just your specific fantasy. Yeah, my specific desire. We're learning things about Dana sorry. in this episode. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, this movie is good for something. No. <laughs> Um, no. So, so Edith's only role really is to take care of Bruce. Like we see yes. her making dinner, she puts a band-aid on him and she uh, leaves him under the table when um, when David grabs her. Like yeah. her role is caretaker specifically. Tragic mother. Yes, like um and that's yeah, it's it's hard to watch because this is a trope that yeah, is extremely damaging and etc. And I guess this movie is trying to portray David as a bad man because he does these things. But it's just, yeah, it's hard to watch. Like, there are so many different ways they could have done it. I suppose they could have kept the domestic violence in there, but, like, there's no real need to. They could make they could make any, any kind of choice that they wanted to make. But um, keeping that, that element in there, but maybe, I don't know. I don't really know. They didn't have to show it as dramatically. No, it could have, have just been like a tasteful fade out and then a a police officer's on the scene saying, Ah oh, yes, and we have we have to put Bruce into child services because his mother's died. Mm. I guess though, by not leaving it ambiguous, we know that David's a bastard piece of shit. Piece of shit. <laughs> but yeah, it's just because otherwise you'd have the other side of it where people go, oh, we don't know because we didn't see it happen. Yeah, that's true. And then they try and find a way to woobify David and... It's just a shitty character trope. And I wish if they'd given this much time and attention to um, his shitty birth, like, father and his mother, tragic mother, if they'd given us a little bit more time with the foster family and how they or the adoptive family and how they were positive or or even just given us anything to do with edith that wasn't her being the caretaker like her name for instance yeah. like have a conversation like she there's a friend that she has a con- conversation with but she don't only talks about bruce like give her anything give her a desire an obstacle a you know a motivation like whatever like something that she wants all she wants is to take care of Bruce apparently like that's I know it's <laughs> it's really yes. frustrating oh well and she mainly exists as a memory in the film to give Bruce man pain man pain like she's yeah. literally fridged for Bruce's yes. man pain yes and uh, anyway I could talk about man pain and fridging for hours just that it's definitely not <laughs> this is not the feminism we want nor desire um, and we need to evolve beyond having roles where women are the dead mum um, or the love interest which we're going to talk about next Yeah. well um, just another thing with 
Edith is oh, that sorry. David kills her when he's trying to kill Bruce, so she is collateral damage from men enacting violence. There was the part where he takes her into the bedroom and he screams at her and then she comes out and then David tries to kill Bruce and then she gets in the way and he kills her instead. Yeah. This is very frustrating and very awful to watch. So if you haven't seen this movie, don't watch it. Please don't. Just don't watch it. Just don't. (laughs) We watched it for you so you don't have to. That's a good, yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk Betty. Betty, 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 now, Betty. We talked about Thor in our last episode and how it pushed for women in STEM, but look, we had Betty yep. here all along. Exactly. Yeah, she's a scientist, she's kicking goals, and, like, it's unfortunate that most people can't figure out what to do with her beyond, yeah, she's vaguely in science and she dates Bruce. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much her entire role in this film. But in this, she has some agency. She's shown to, like, be working for other companies and not just putting... Bruce's interests above her own all the time. I think it is established that they were dating. Um, yeah, and then they broke up, I think. Yeah. She accepts a job offer. She's not just there, like, waiting around, twiddling her thumbs for her future to be linked to Bruce. Yeah, she's not the strongest character in the world, but it's not bad for 2003. <laughs> Which is sad. <laughs> yeah, it's very sad. Very, very, very sad. Um, she's a credited scientist in her own field. Like, she is... Mm. Um, not just, you know, they're in the lab kind of, like, staring at a test tube while everyone else is doing the hard science. Um, I think as well, Betty's interesting, again, though, only allowed to really explore her through her relationships to men in this film. And I think that's a failing on a lot of her backstory in the comics as well, is her relation, her whole definition is usually, or her whole characterization is usually based around being the balancing scale between trying to be a good girlfriend to Bruce and a good daughter to her father, who are two opposing, um, sorry, two antagonists. I just wish we could do more with her. Yeah, we do get like a hint of a backstory for her. She talks about this dream that she has, um, where she was actually, they find out that they lived in the same town when they were kids. No. And um, so she has this dream about um, her father and being in this diner. I'm not exactly sure what happens. I can't really remember. Um, because ADHD memory, fantastic. Really great for watching movies and watching talking Watching a about boring, them. bad movie. I can talk yeah. about Thor for hours. But That's this true. Movie, yeah. But, um... Yeah, so we get a hint of a backstory where she talks about uh, her father looking after her, but then in the dream, her father turns to Bruce, like he turns into Bruce, and he picks her up and takes her to the Ooh. back of the diner or something. Oh, that's some weird Freudian shit. Yeah. <laughs> Not a big fan of that. Uh, she's just... Yeah, I wish I could see more. I love Jennifer. Well, she does a good job in this. Like, there are a couple scenes where she does a fantastic job. And it's like, she's just so wasted in this movie. I know. It's just, they get all these beautiful leading, like, actresses just to be beautiful, not to be actresses. (laughs) And then they do a good job. With shitty writing and dialogue. Yeah. Betty spends a lot of this movie, she just spends a lot of this movie comforting people. Yeah, she's just, again, that soft place to land and that like sensitive person well there is a scene where um where david sends his dogs out after betty and then bruce finds out about it so he goes over there and he 
fights is like he fights the dogs and then after that as he's calming down he starts choking betty oh jesus like he actually starts choking her and she's like you doing you know like she's freaking out and then he stops and then she in the next scene she brings him into the house into her house and like comforts him and puts a blanket around him and like it's so fucked up like i don't know about you and i don't know about any other i don't know about any man but i don't think a woman would comfort a man like that after being choked by him unless there was unless she was afraid that he was going to hurt her more. Oh, but she literally takes him into the house. She could just leave him out there. And like, I think any... As a gay woman, if if an ex or a current significant other laid any hands on me, all they would get is, like, just immediately blocked, rejected. None of you are free of sin. Just, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I would not yeah. ever... Like, you like she shouldn't forgive him for that and by making her do that making her look after him and take care of him like like is pushing this narrative that women should stay by their men even though their men have hurt them yeah stay stay with your men until they kill you (laughs) exactly the thing is though the next morning um she does she is in on the plot to get bruce to the different lab in so maybe that's why but it's still framed that is still framed as betty trying to do the best thing for bruce like it's still framed as her caring about him to the point where she puts his needs above her own puts herself in danger yeah she puts herself in danger because he's he's very dangerous like he was while you know at first he protected her but then he hurt her exactly it's just so many layers of whack and it's sad because um i don't know in this version as well compared because we're going to compare it to uh in a future episode i guess the the later version the mcu version um and betty in this as we said is more active like does have more control of her own she chooses willingly to be in on the plot to help Bruce, she, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's more like of a, like, I guess they're trying to frame it as a Beauty and the Beast narrative where, like... Are you talking about this movie or the later one? This one is phrased as, as like, more of a Beauty and the Beast narrative versus where I think of the later one, like a King Kong narrative where mm. literally Betty will just exist to be pretty and kidnapped and, like, helplessly going, no, as, like, the military shoots at Bruce. Whereas in this one, she's actively... <sighs> trying to go out of her way to help him and you know (laughs) so problematic yeah so she does have a bit more agency but we see her mostly her arcs and her storylines revolve around bruce and her father yeah like and to the point where even when she wants to talk to her father about their relationship (laughs) he forces the conversation towards bruce ironically again like beauty and the beast because the only three people in that movie who relate to Belle are the Beast, her dad, and Gaston. Women don't exist. They didn't exist until the 1900s, aren't you aware? Um, I think, yeah, as far as feminism, like we've said, with the, like, it doesn't kick a lot of goals here. Yes, there's a woman in STEM, um, but she's constantly catering to the needs of those around her. There is yeah. a mother, and she's used for tragedy and man pain and dies. And another thing about Betty is that when she talks to David 
Um, she, like, David straight up insults her, and then she says, I'm sorry. And then he hits on her, and it's this really disgusting scene. It is just truly horrible. Oh, I hate it. And she's not doing anything. And, like, she went to his house. She actively put herself in that situation. I'm not victim-blaming because this was a choice made by the writers, the writers. of the movie. Yep. They, they put her in this house. They made her go to this house where she is put in this dangerous situation situation and because she goes there and leaves her scarf there then david gives it to his dogs and his dogs pick up the scent and then they find her yeah and she has to be rescued by bruce i know it's just stupid i hate i hate it less it's less really bad movie <laughs> less men writing these scripts or more women consulting before they get the stamp of approval please let's push on to queerness i think this is going to be a short episode but we'll just have a chat and see what we think i thought the conversation between on a lighter note on a happier note yeah. uh the conversation between bruce and harper at the beginning is really cute <laughs> yeah you're right it's, it's very good um, they just have a cute little banter between them it's very nice i love that familiarity that sometimes like again i'm just like how come people are so much better at writing just i don't know <laughs> so much more chemistry or well-written script between side characters and main characters as opposed to main characters and their own love interests. And love interests, I know. It's because men don't know how to write romance. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they know how to write bromance because the only people they see as important are their fellow men. They don't see women as people. That's what I'm getting from these writers From is that they don't see women as individuals. No, they don't. Of course not. And that's why we've got this whole podcast. <laughs> mm. To point that out, to talk about um, the, what is it, 17-year-old movies? <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's just, yeah, didn't you know women weren't full punished people 17 years ago? <laughs> Only in 2019 were women people only. with Captain Marvel. And only that year as well. <laughs> Only that year. <laughs> We've passed it. We've peaked and it's now done. it's all downhill. Um, so I kind of sense some like I don't know, just General Ross and David Banner, like they have a history together. Mm-hmm. Um, you can extrapolate that history if you want to. I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> but yeah. Ross is the one who put David away. Yeah. Um and he was the one who told him not to experiment on his own humans. child or yeah. himself <laughs> or himself i think the problem with this movie the same way that it's just got i've got such fuzzy brain even thinking about it like it's just such a straight product of its time to me i cannot they didn't put any like higher thinking higher thought into making this film i can't even like construct something in my own head about it um I think the biggest credit is, like, not even to the filmmakers, but, like, Hulk can always be seen as an allegory for, like, a bit of gay rage. Like, mm. you're teetering on the edge of keeping a calm and happy and non-threatening public appearance, etc., to win your rights, to protections, to not be hated. Um, but, like, that Hulk inside you is always there, waiting and watching and demanding, and how, how many of your brothers and sisters can die before you do just completely <laughs> flip that. Mm. and i don't know i again there's so much that could be done in a queer space there's so much like that you can read into it 
Yeah, I could see, um, like, Bruce and the fact that people are trying to enact violence on him because he's different mm. as, like, that allegory for queerness in, like, no. queer people being different and and people trying to enact violence upon us. Yes, of course. And how feeling hunted and persecuted even when you are just trying to stay in your own lane and live and just be peace. Mm. And but I don't really want to see Bruce as, as queer because um because he chokes Betty. Not in this film. Um, Not in this film. In the later film, in Avengers. In Avengers. <laughs> it's just sad. There's so much potential that could be done. And again, these stories have always existed and resonated with people. Like mm. there's stories about abusive parents that I know fit many of my friends and link mm. into their queer identities and it you know it's just sad to see it go in this direction because <laughs> this yeah. one's all written for man pain with nothing mm. else considered exactly what a bleak note hey <laughs> well and he does survive oh yeah he goes um it, it's it, it ends in brazil which is kind of like when they try and make the mcu one they start with bruce in brazil and they're like ah yes Nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. <laughs> so I guess that's it. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God it's over. I love you, bud. Short episode. Yikes. <laughs> and what are we watching next week, Dana? Ah, next week we will be watching The Devil of Dares, Daredevil himself. <laughs> the Devil of Dares. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I'd play with something new. Um, <laughs> that's so cute. I remember this movie with a lot of... I had a lot of nostalgia vision for it, and then I watched it as an adult, and I was like, oh my god, this is fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, what I can remember is that Daredevil has a fight with Elektra on a swing set. Yeah, the playground. Yeah, they play the basketball playground. for a bit there, too. Nice. <laughs> Except... the fight. Um, no, it's, it's, it's going to be a time... And it's very much a product of, what, 2006, 2008, when it was made? no idea. Uh, and quite frankly, it'll be a good thing to get over and done with, so when we talk about the TV series in the future, we can just marvel in the improvements. But, yeah, thanks for joining me on this ride, yeah. and may we never yeah, watch this pleasure. movie again. Never, ever again, and never will I talk about it or even think about it. <laughs> um, and thank you, everyone, who's been listening. Make sure you stay marvellous. <laughs>